Welcome back to Out of the Bubble. My name is Rachel Peru, and you are now joining the fourth series of Out of the Bubble podcast. I can't believe in the last two years I've interviewed over 40 women, and I now have another jam packed lineup full of inspiring women, all with a story to tell. So sit back, grab a coffee, and enjoy. Good morning. Welcome back to another episode of Out of the Bubble, and welcome to lots of new listeners. Um, I've been absolutely delighted to see the downloads of the podcast really increased over the last few weeks. So welcome to new followers and I hope you're really enjoying catching up on all the previous episodes. I am excited about today's guest because it's a lady that for the last few years I have heard her name mentioned in so many different groups of people that I know and never had the pleasure of meeting her. Bernadette Gledhill is a very familiar face, particularly in the Yorkshire in the fashion industry. She's been a model for probably over 40 years. She started modeling at 14. She's um, the lady behind organizing the Yorkshire show, fashion shows each year. Um, She also runs confidence and modeling courses. And she's just one of those women that everybody talks about. So I am delighted today to be able to finally sit down and get to know Bernadette more. So thank you so much for joining me, Bernadette. I really appreciate it. Oh, no, it's great. I've been looking forward to it. I know. But our paths across, and your name's been mentioned in conversations so often in the last two or three years oh. um, with different various fashion groups that it's so lovely to be able to, to finally sit down and have a chat with you. So thank you. It's quite all right. It's great. So you are kind of a real name in the fashion industry in the north of England in particular. Um, and this, this has been a, a long-standing career. So let's start at the beginning how okay. did you get into the industry how because I know you were really quite young when you started modeling weren't yeah. you yes I was actually so yeah so the scary part is it's, it's over 40 years ago so <laughs> that's the part really that is, is a bit frightening how time flies by I think um yeah so I, I actually got into it um well probably like a lot of teenage girls when I was about 14 15 I was five foot eight and I remember um you know things like the assembly line at school I was always much taller than everyone else and and it makes you feel I was very self-conscious about that I'm sure it was mainly because of my height Mm. Um, and I was incredibly shy and my mother used to be always telling me to you know be stronger and get my shoulders back and all of this anyway to cut a long story short she actually signed me up um, to go for a course which in those days wasn't sort of described as a modeling course or anything it was actually described as a charm school course so we had to cover off you know all these things um, deportment table etiquette skincare makeup all, all this, these sort of things and I was oh it, it was quite um I, I can't say I was absolutely thrilled about it right at the beginning actually <laughs> because I was I was the only young girl at that time on the course hmm. and I was with um I was with four other ladies who were all in the 30s housewives they just come along because they want to do a few charity shows and you know learn how to walk properly and all of that so I felt a little bit out of my you know comfort zone to be honest and and it was quite a nerve-wracking thing just to have to particularly always remember the very first walk I had to do on my own with everybody looking at me and I'm sure I was absolutely terrible you know I don't think I had the shoulders <laughs> I've got now and um, yeah it was it was quite daunting and I think it took me quite a long time to just sort of really get into it but that, that's how it all started and, and as time went on and obviously I, I did then go and, and do a modeling course and I suddenly realized that actually fashion and beauty were really the sort of things I loved and mm. So it, it was 
life-changing, I suppose, in some ways, because it was a, a route I'd never, ever thought of, of taking in my life. Um, and of course, in those days, it was really difficult because, um, I mean, like, maybe you remember things like, you know, discussing careers and things at school, things like fashion and beauty. Yeah, they weren't on the radar. Were, were no. they? And, and I mean, I, I've even heard, you know, people now say that if they want to go into fashion, they still struggle a little bit with advice and things. Mm. And so it was quite, quite daunting, really, because obviously nobody could really give me any advice. So I had to try and, and, you know, you couldn't just go on to Google and find all these things. I used to send off for brochures, you know, to Lisa Clayton in London and all these sorts of things, because it, it was the only way to find out. Anyway, I, I got a Saturday job in a, a really lovely hairdressing and beauty salon, which I loved. And I actually did go, when I left school um, in the sixth form, I actually did go work there for a year and do beauty training. Mm. Uh, so, so that was good. So it was all sort of starting to link together a little bit, really. Um, and, and I loved that. But I didn't particularly just want to make beauty my career. I wanted to sort of mix it with other things as well. So um, for after all of that, when I was about 19, um, I, I went off to London and, and joined a London agency. And that was very, very nerve-wracking, actually. Well, I bet it was, especially coming from the from the north, where you know it's, it's quite a it's a culture shock. It's very different. It certainly was probably you know twenty thirty years ago. It was it was a big change. And and yeah, um, I, you know, I was brought up in a very small village, and so yeah, completely. And I joined an agency uh, called which you may have, may have heard of, but um, it was called Gavin Robinson, amazing guy that ran the agency. And the, the agency later just became known as Gavin's. Mm. But um, it was in Old Bond Street, and he specialised in producing fashion shows. So although he had some absolutely amazing models on the books, um, the reason I really wanted to go there was because other than photographic, he actually, he was a fashion show producer as well. So yeah. that, that was an area that I was really, really interested in, and, and it was great experience. But I, I just remember that very first morning. It was so, I mean, you know, you, you've been there and, and done it and everything, been to London agencies and walking in and, and um, it, it was on Old Bond Street, above Charbonne and Walker. And I remember walking in at the steps with my heart was probably pounding <laughs> inside, thinking, oh, am I going to do this? Um, and, you know, it was great. Everybody was really helpful, great. But I was just handed an A to Z of London, piles yeah. of notes of all the photographers over the months to come that I had to visit with my card, you know, you sort of went to yeah. all these see, see photographers and things like that. So it was, it was quite scary. And, and they gave me little uh, notes of where I had to go on day one. Gosh. Oh, oh it was, it was. I mean, it's hard enough now, but we've got, you know, we've got sat nows and I've still got terrible sense of direction and always set off in the wrong way, the wrong way. But to follow a map, I would have had no chance. <laughs> oh, I, I do remember, I think I was in tears nearly at one, at one stage thinking, what do I do? Where do I go? And, you know, trying to work out the tubes, you know, I've been on a tube, but not to have to sort of work out if I go here and change and do this and do that. And, oh my goodness me. And I remember sitting with a coffee somewhere, trying to work my way around the, the map and, mm. and you know, planning everything out. But anyway, you know, it was sort of survival and, um, and you get there. And then 
uh, and, it, and the, so the modeling then sort of just sort of stemmed a little bit really from that because mm. that was obviously a, a sort of life-changing experience to be honest particularly only ever having been quite small shows in, in the north of England to go and, and start working something like that and it was uh, it was a challenge <laughs> can imagine very challenging <laughs> yeah very challenging and 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 you know tough at times because it's the first time I'd actually been away from home and I wasn't eating very well and mm. you know I came home after the first two weeks I think I'd already lost about half a stone yeah. <laughs> you know just I mean it wasn't through sort of serious dieting or anything I think it was just that the complete life change of everything and, and looking after yourself and things and mm. um, but yeah really really good experience and, and I, I always um, you know on the modeling side I always absolutely loved um, fashion shows. What was it about fashion shows that, that because I, 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 I've done a few and I love them, but what is it for you that really gives you that buzz? Um, I think it was just the interaction, you know, the audience, mm. the buzz, you know, the backstage buzz in a fashion show is great, isn't yeah. it? All the different, the, the looks, the changes, you know, that you sort of would look one way for one designer or one way for another company and, and, and completely, everything was so different. Mm. Uh, and um, maybe... I suppose all models have their favourite things, don't they, that they love to do. Yeah. The shows are definitely mine. And um, I always used to just feel a little bit more self-conscious, funny enough, in front of the camera than I did on a catwalk. And yeah, yet other models say, oh gosh, no, you know, catwalk, working on catwalk really frightens me to death. So I think it's just probably what you get used to. And yeah. I, just enjoy, I just really enjoyed that, that side of it. And obviously that's and what I love about you is, you know, you've had this long-standing career in the fashion industry and you've never really stopped still. So you've, you've kind of yeah. developed as you've gone along a new skill set and, and yes. branched out into other areas. So the, the catwalk shows have then really developed into you creating these, these events. You've yeah. also got your confidence school, coaching and mentoring. And I know from when I started in modelling four years ago, I didn't have anywhere to go to learn about how to stand or how to pose or how to walk or so I can imagine for young people it's really daunting so could you tell us about why you set up the, 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 well, the course? Um, probably a little bit like my career started it, just, <laughs> it sort of flowed and happened really without me planning all this so uh, Louise Morton actually trained me with the modelling hmm. and I actually worked very closely with Louise Morton and when her husband passed away in the early 90s, we actually went into partnership together. Now, at that time, um, she ran a very successful model agency and training school. And then obviously I'd been working with her for quite a few years then on fashion show productions. I was still actually modeling at the time, but working, you know, on running shows and organizing them. So that sort of happened really. It just seemed to progress into the fact that I was modelling until probably my, I don't know, maybe mid to late 30s. And then suddenly when I started getting very involved in the shows, I stopped modelling because I, you, you, I couldn't do everything. You know, you can't yeah. organise events. Um, and then when Louise Morton passed away in 2006, and obviously I took over the business, um, there were many changes I really wanted to make, which I, I didn't do at the time because she was actually 38 years older than me. Yeah. So I think, you know, respect and all of that, I didn't really want to make changes at that time. Yeah. So when I was actually sort of left with the business, running it on my own, then it was easier then to just sort of look at everything and think, right, 
things were changing as well. You know, the way people worked and everything, that was all changing. So I just sat down one day and had a look at everything. I thought, well, the agency side is not a huge side of the business. And there are some great agencies around in Manchester and things. So that side sort of went. Mm. I concentrated on the two areas that I felt we were strong with. And that really, there were not many other companies at all, really, in the yeah. North of England doing that. So the two areas are concentrated on show production, um, which obviously has been fantastic because I, I love that. Mm. And then, of course, I never, ever wanted to lose the training because it had been so valuable to me and so valuable to so many other people who become lifelong friends as well. Yeah. But I wanted to keep that. Um, and in some ways, that's very much a sort of confidence boost rather than advertising it is a, a modeling course although modeling just come into it but i think i think it's just so important now particularly for for young girls teenage girls well all ages i mean everybody i think there are so many people would love to do it and in fact it's funny actually because i have been i had been thinking sort of during lockdown i'm sure it's something that everybody would like to Definitely. do whatever age and, yeah. and i've been trying to think what can we do for the future because everything is changing and I'm sure it's something that maybe lots of ladies would love yeah. to do. Definitely I know I talk to lots of women in my groups that, that are kind of hitting midlife and, and lose that confidence and I think yeah. there's a real need for it and I think it's so important for the younger generation like you mentioned about your height and you were self-conscious yeah. about that so it makes you physically change your kind of demeanor and the way you stand and I can relate to that because when I had big boobs when I was younger I always hunched my shoulders over because yes. then if I, if I put them back, then my boobs were out, out there. And, yes. and it's taken me a long time to own that, and they are out there now. But yeah, I can imagine being at school, if they had this kind of training in schools and at a younger age, it we'd all be so much more confident as we went into adulthood. Yes. Well, funny enough, I, I mean, I have actually worked quite a lot in education as well. Um, mm. I'll come back to the, the education fashion shows later. But um, we set up many, quite a few years ago at Bradford College, a three-year project which was a style academy and hmm. um, which was honestly it was fantastic we met students from all different backgrounds and they absolutely loved it at first I thought oh my goodness me this is going to be quite a big thing yeah. Some of them, they couldn't even look at us you know they would look down into their lap at the start yeah. of every lesson but you know six lessons on they were you know standing up walking well great eye contact and and that was really rewarding and it made me realize how young people do need these these skills and we covered everything from yes you know deportment and naturally they wanted to hear about you know how models look and tips of the trade you know and all that sort of thing but we also covered things like um, interview skills, you know, meeting and greeting people, um, okay. which I never ever had any experience in, to be honest. It's such a good idea, and I don't know why more people don't do it because, from a modelling point of view, it seems to be one of those industries that you're actually expected to suddenly go into it without really any knowledge and just learn on the job as you go along without really any training. So, yeah. to have that kind of core training about confidence and about you know owning your stance and walking the right way it's really it's, it's basic stuff that models need to know isn't it it is absolutely yeah no definitely um, and you know the, the more experience you get and obviously you do grow but yeah there are certain basic skills and it's funny because with with some of the shows that we do i have to you know go and cast models mm. and you know, obviously look for models particularly 
when we work in things like the um, education sector, so organizing college and university degree shows, where they're really looking for very young models, you know, mm-hmm. very quirky, because obviously the clothes are amazing and they're yeah. very different. And, and they want young up and coming models that have a, a completely different look. Um, but the one thing that has really, particularly over the last few years, really struck me when I've gone for to do castings. I've maybe looked at the agencies online and then picked out people that might have the right look. But the incredible thing is the way they walk. So they look great on pictures. And then I would go to a casting and realize that they'd actually not had any training mm. or not had any experience, maybe and fantastic portfolios and great yeah. photo shoots and campaigns and things, but not had that experience in live fashion shows. Mm. Um, and so incredibly, I did a workshop um, after I'd done a casting with Shadora in Manchester, I did a workshop because some of their models had never had the opportunity to yeah. do shows. And it was great. And within an hour, you know, we, they changed. It, it doesn't take a long time, really, because like, if they've got the confidence to model, then obviously they can soon sort of pick it all up. But it is very different, isn't it, walking on a catwalk to... It is. Yeah. ...behind the camera. Yeah. It's almost like being in the, in the, on the theatre, isn't it? It's great. It it, it, it's a live experience that, you know, your heart's going, you want to be able to walk straight and, and follow yes. the direction. You've got an audience there. You've got to show the clothes yeah. off. There's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot more to it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. In fact, it's funny actually talking about how modelling has changed. I remember when I did my very first um, modelling course, and uh, so this is how long ago it was when we were training to do the the turns and things. I remember having a lesson in how to remove gloves. Oh. <laughs> and, and, and how to walk with an umbrella. Oh, I love it. <laughs> and all these are like completely different things that probably, I don't know, in the 60s and 70s, yeah. that's how models, you know, when you look back at old footage and, yeah. and that training still continued. Not that I've used it really, but <laughs> <laughs> at least I know how to do it. So yeah. I can't, I can't imagine that happening these days. No, not very often. Not unless you do maybe Goodwood Revival. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, as if this isn't enough for you, you then really got involved in the events because it is something that you're so passionate about. Yeah, very you know, passionate. So you're clearly like a challenge. <laughs> yeah, I do. I love a challenge. Um, and, and particularly, you know, it, it's been great. And, and certainly for many years, there's been some fantastic fashion events and fashion shows in Yorkshire, even when I was, you know, just working as a model. Mm. There were shows all the time. We worked non-stop through the seasons. Um, and, and they were big social events, you know, all the areas, sort of all the areas around us, you know, Leeds, Harrogate, all over, and, and every, well, say from February, I used to do a lot of bridal shows, I used to work for Pernuxia, mm. and we used to do bridal shows maybe all through late January, February, but March, we would start the fashion shows, and they would run for months, and everybody did great events where the ladies would come along, the tickets sold out, there'd be a lovely drinks reception everybody dressed up they were very glamorous events mm. um, and, and it's sad but I feel as though quite a lot of that you know has gone now People yeah do, they don't do those things and we used to my car was always packed with my suitcase of shoes in the boot and I used to be driving off and would maybe do a lunchtime show somewhere then you'd 
off and then go and do an evening show somewhere. And it was like that all over the country, nonstop. Mm. So, so that was fantastic. But then the show production, we started working um, about the mid eighties, doing a lot of really large productions for the newspapers. So big events, you know, mm. events that lasted maybe four days in really large theatres, you know, West Georgia Playhouse, all sorts of fantastic venues. And they ran from all across the Antics Institute, so with Liverpool Echo, right across to the whole Daily Mail, all the regional newspapers within the, the middle of that section, right up to the northeast. And they were absolutely non-stop shows. So yeah. it was all a great experience working on those and you know, starting to put those together. And then from then on, obviously, and it moved on to sort of the education sector, doing colleges, university degree shows, again, you know, huge shows. And then, of course, my favourite, the Great Yorkshire Show. Which yeah, I mean, that is a huge, that's a huge yeah. commitment, isn't it? Yeah, and that, that's been over 20 years now. But yeah. that, that, that's an event that has really developed and grown over the years. You know, we, we have such fun, just so sad we couldn't be there this yeah. year. You know, we've all, we've all lost our events this year, haven't we? Yeah, we uh, have. And so, so, you know, that's fantastic. But yes, but people come along and watch a show, don't they? You know, you've been part of Rachel. Mm -hmm. They come along and just think it happened like that, you know, yeah. that you all just arrived. And yeah. just but, they can take months, and you know, the, well, for example, if we use the Yorkshire show as an example, uh, we finish that in July, have a little break, or go away to you know the, the small team I work with at the showground, and then we'd meet maybe end of August, end of September, sit down, debrief, coffee, get our heads going, lots of brainstorming, and we will actually start planning then for the following year. So it can take you know eleven months yeah. to to put that together. Yeah, so, I mean, I know yeah. from doing the, the Silver and Sassy event with Annie, we, we were all ready to go for the Young Fashion Week, unfortunately, yes. so it got cancelled, but it oh. wasn't until then, I knew, I knew there was a lot that went into it, but I didn't really appreciate how long, and that, that did take a year to plan. So yeah. I can only imagine something on such a big scale as the Yorkshire show is a huge... Yes, yeah, yes, because I mean, you know, a lot of events you just go along first of all, and you walk into in that case, a, you know, a shed <laughs> and you walk in, and it's just a bare room. So it's from starting from scratch, so mm. you're thinking of you know, sets, building sets, sound, lighting, the whole production, you know, bringing people on board to a choreographer, the you know, hair, makeup, mm. backstage, selecting models. So the time is there, and then, then of course deciding you know designers and who's going to be on the catwalk and things and we do have a very strong policy there of course that everything has to have a Yorkshire connection which is great because we're very yes. lucky I think in the north that we have such talented designers. Yeah definitely I mean you're a real champion for for the fashion industry in the, in the north yeah. do you think there is still that north-south divide I think I feel it going into because most of my work's in London there's very little up here certainly for classic yeah. models do you see, have you seen a change? There is a slight change. It's, it's easier now. If, if, I, you know, if we're wanting somebody to work uh, like a designer or a company to show their collections, say, in the north of England mm. as opposed to London, um, yes, you know, it, it's much easier now than it used to be to get those companies to agree to do that, definitely. Mm. Uh, and I think that's because, you know, if, if they are large events and they're good events and they will they will do it and um, for about seven years I worked on a fantastic fashion dinner with the Prince's Trust mm. 
and we worked around every year we chose a different Yorkshire venue but all the really beautiful venues in, in Yorkshire mm -hmm. and we used to we bring um, a, a London designer to Yorkshire the fabulous champagne reception dinner everything and then really sort of emulate their show from London Fashion Week in Yorkshire Mm. So fantastic names we've had, you know, Amanda Wakeley, Sandra Rose, Matthew. Oh, wow. Really, really great people. Um, now, because we brought their collection from direct from London Fashion Week, it's always been in the autumn, to, um, to Yorkshire, all the garments have been from London Fashion Week. So on those particular shows, I've had to then select models who are that size, yeah. you know, yeah. size eight, five foot ten, five foot eleven. So it still had to be the sort of London style, even mm. though we, we were doing it here. So you still get those changes that it is still very different. Yeah, in yeah um, I was quite disappointed. I went to London Fashion Week last year for the very first time. And I was disappointed to see that it's still not that diverse in terms of sizes and ages at all in, in these big fashion shows. Because I, I absolutely love doing the, the, the catwalks. And I, and I know I can walk well, and I know I look great in the clothes, but the opportunities for for an average size woman modelling, is this just still very slim, isn't it? It is, yes, it is. I mean, it, there are one or two changes, aren't there now? There are one or two more mature models coming into doing different things, which, mm. which is fantastic. But um, yeah, we actually need a designer, don't we, to create a fantastic range for all of us. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then we can show, you know, that actually these collections can be shown on all ages and yes. all and everything which would be fantastic um, but I think I think that's a little way off don't you mm, I do moments. but yeah. I, I do think it's good that a lot of you know maybe more commercial companies high street companies are now using models of all ages and all sizes and things which mm. I think it is important and certainly for quite a few of the shows that we do like the Great Yorkshire Show uh, back to that we, we use models of all ages because obviously mm. the audience the yeah. audience actually wants to identify with people, don't they? Yeah, definitely. And there are quite a few sort of um, like designer shops that I would work with. That again, they're they're probably their age profile for shoppers will be forty plus. Mm. Yeah. So, so they want sort of women, you know, showing their collections. They don't want very tall, slim teenage girls showing their collection because they want to inspire their own clients. So. Yeah. That there is there is still a I think there is a market definitely for change but I think the north south divide of getting people into the north is, is actually mm. better, much better than it used to be good that's good to hear what do you look for in a model because obviously you go to you you're casting people what what makes in your eye what makes a good model uh the walk <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that's you know that that's the thing for me that I because obviously productions are, it, it has to be strong, hasn't it? Mm. Um, and and I, I also look, I think it's very important when you're choosing a team that you have the right groups of girls or boys that look good together. Mm. So, you know, I tend to sort of put them into groups and maybe make sure that we have similar heights, yeah. similar looks, similar styles, you know, mm -hmm. and then you can style it all around that. But, but I, I just think for anybody sitting watching a fashion show, I think it's the way, it's a presence, isn't it? Some yeah. models just have that stage presence, and I think that's really, really important to me. Right down to from when they make the first entrance mm. to when they exit, yeah. the whole the whole thing is is really important. Yeah. Do you find friends and family are very careful about how they walk around you, Benedict? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> she's here. <laughs> I have quite a few friends. It's really funny. A group of very, very sort of quite special friends. And whenever they see me, they all sort of like sit down. <laughs> <laughs> no, I <do> relax. <laughs> I actually sit very comfortably on the sofa. <laughs> but I don't know. I think it's just funny, isn't it? Mm. You know, just it just becomes your your style yeah no it's good <laughs> i've sort of got used to over the years i mean i, I, I think it's funny actually uh, with modeling because i think all the you know obviously there are lots of models you know classic models that i've known for years that were modeling when i used to mm. model things and i think once you've done it and i'm sure you feel like this now i think you're five years aren't you into yeah. modeling now um i always seem to think once a model always a model i don't I don't think people ever lose mm. that training or that something that they've sort of developed through it as a career. Mm. I think it's something that sort of stays with you. It's a strange thing. I don't think, I never ever feel if I'm walking around that I'm actually walking in a special way or anything. Yeah. I think it's just second nature because yeah. it's probably like a dancer or something, isn't it? Yeah. That it becomes your way of life. So. You, you, I never really even think about it. I have to tell you, I went to um, the physio a couple of years ago, and it's when I had done quite a few um, catwalks in a row, and yeah. I was going for my neck, and he made me, um, he said, right, well, I want you to bring your heels in and see how you walk. So he, yeah. so I, I said, right, you've got to walk up and down. And instead, yeah. uh, my instant reaction to that was walking like as if I was on a runway, <laughs> doing the full turn and came back. And he just stood there and looked at me. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> so, yeah. Isn't it funny, you know, just, just sort of, uh, to, just quickly back on the walk, how differently you walk in a pair of heels. Yeah. And, and when we're doing the training courses, you know, I always say, look, okay, you know, let's start off in something quite comfortable. But the following week, bring a pair of heels because you walk so differently as soon as you put a pair of heels on. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> What's the best piece of advice you were given along the way? Oh, gosh, I think probably really to, to be confident and to stay focused. Um, I think the big thing uh, that, that can be a knock to everybody in, in the uh, modeling industry is rejection. Mm. And I think that's, that's the part that everybody struggles with a little bit at times because you take it very personally and I had to work very hard at overcoming that. Yes. So I think it's making you realize in this industry that you're never ever going to be okay for everybody. Everybody, it's not that people don't like you, but you know, they have a brief and they're looking for somebody completely different all the time, aren't they? So yeah. you know, some things that you fit really well and then other things that you don't. So I think I think coping with rejection was probably my, my toughest lesson, but I, you, you, you eventually get to the stage where you don't even think about it. It's just, um, you know, one of yeah. those things. Although I think it must be very harder for younger, for younger people to cope with that because going into it now at my age, it was something that hasn't really affected me because I'm confident in my own skin and I know that I'm not going to change for anybody. So whether I fit or I don't fit, that that's just the way it is. Yeah. Whereas I think when you're younger, you've got lots more insecurities, haven't you? So rejection is yeah. really difficult. Absolutely. And I think actually going into it now is probably much more difficult than, you know, if you're starting out young now, I think it's much more difficult than it was, mm. even though it was quite... It was very different when I did it, but if I sit, think about people who went into it maybe 10, 20 years ago, I think it's more difficult now because of all the pressures with social media and all the other things that, that go along with it. So I think mm. there's 
far more pressure on young people these days. Um, and one thing, because obviously the confidence course, we obviously we cover things like, you know, walking well, not particularly like strutting around as a model yeah. at time, but you know, having the confidence to walk well and all the basic things like skincare and makeup and all those things. Mm. But I had quite a few years ago to really sit down and think about how to bring in coping with social media. Mm. Because it was, it was quite interesting talking to particularly a group of young girls one evening, we were all just chatting and it was all very relaxed and they were sharing stories. And I think some of the things they probably told me were maybe things that they probably hadn't even told their own parents of yeah. how they struggled um, with, with all of this. And it really sort of worried me for a while, actually. And I thought, I didn't realise how much they had to go through and, and what they went through. Yeah. I, I mean, I remember one girl telling me that um, she used to waken up in the middle of the night and check her phone to see how many likes she got. Yeah, it's you know, really sad, isn't it? Oh, and it actually... It, Oh, it really, it did. So I thought, right, you know, this is going to be part of a lesson without it being too serious. Part of a lesson that we actually try and overcome all these things. Yeah. But, you know, so you have to build your confidence and, and move on and, and try and, you know, we've all been through difficult times, haven't we? Yeah. With things, but you, you've got to just try and, and move on. And I think it's more difficult for them, as you say, we're confident in who we are now. So I think that's the most challenging thing for young people. Yeah, and I love that you're passing on your knowledge and information to, to the next generation of models coming through. And, and for younger people, it's not just models. It's about, like you said, getting to the core of confidence, isn't it? Which is really it important. It is, yeah. And, and it's been a great thing for, for some girls and, and boys as well mm. um, to have the, have the training um, and then be able to, say, you know, study at university and be able to earn a little bit of extra money on the side by doing modelling and things and yeah. things like that. Um, but I do always stress to them, if some people just come for a course purely for confidence, no other reason, that's all they want. And they, you know, they get all the basic tips and hints and everything, and that's great. And then you will get the ones that are, think, oh, actually, I'd like, to, I'd like to give this a go. So you can only really you know, pass on advice. But I think the most important thing is to have something else to fall back on. Mm. And I always stress you know, modeling, it's great, but it, it's up and down. They love you yeah. for three months. Yeah, it's a roller coaster. <laughs> they love you, and you might get this, this, and this, and you, you think, oh, this is fantastic. And then you, you know, you might not get anything for the next three months. So yeah. you've got to be prepared to always have another career to fall back on. And if it goes well, it's a bonus then. Yeah. Well, what an inspiration. I love the fact that you have, that's exactly what you've done. You've, you've added lots of different strings to your bow, which has extended the career that you've had, and it's fantastic. So thank you so much for sharing that. Oh, no, it's been great. And, and for bringing your beautiful wallpaper, I have to say that I'm admiring it. And you're very colour coordinated this morning as well. It's fabulous. Yes, actually, that, that actually. On the screen, I haven't really thought about it. <laughs> But actually, yes, I, this wallpaper, I get so many comments, but when we, we did lots of work on our house quite a few years ago, and I thought, I've got to make my office really stylish, and, you know, what can I do? So I just put into Google, fashion wallpaper, and this was actually the first one that came up, and I didn't even look any further. I thought, no, that's it. That's Let's go with that. Yeah, thank you. It's brilliant. Now, my last question I ask all the guests, and um, women are notoriously bad at accepting compliments we normally bat it off and, and make a joke out of it so if you could give yourself one compliment what would it be um i think i'd have to say well done for sticking at this yes <laughs> <laughs> through highs and lows 
<laughs> yes, absolutely. I definitely, you've got your blue Peter badge, that's for sure. <laughs> I, think you've been, I think it's been well deserved in some cases though. Well, I hope that next year we can see you creating some more special events. I hope oh, that things you. can kick off again next year and yes. see what yeah. happens. And the same for you and, and I'd love to come along to your Silver and Sassy event. It would be great to see it. Yes, I shall keep you informed in that. Yes, so, how can people find you on your web? What's your website details? The website is bernadettegledhill.com. And are you on uh, social media? I'm on Instagram and Twitter, which is bcg2m. Fabulous. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. And it's brilliant that we finally connected. And uh, we'll have to catch up for another coffee sometime soon. Definitely, yes. Another coffee definitely needed, Rachel. And thank you for inviting me. Pleasure. Thank you so much. All right, you take care. Take care, bye. Thank you, see you later, bye-bye. Thank you, bye. Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview. Um, it was really lovely to finally get to meet Bernadette and lots, um, lots to think about there, particularly in terms of our own confidence and how we carry ourselves. So remember to walk tall and keep your head up high and just embrace what you've got in that moment. So I hope you've all uh, had a nice catch up with everything and I will be back next Monday where I will be sharing another inspiring lady. I have just launched the Patreon site, which I'm really excited about. And thank you so much for those that have already signed up already. So if you are really enjoying listening to these podcasts as much as I am producing them, uh, I would love for you to come and join me as a patron. For £2 a month, you can, which is less than the price of a coffee, you can come and support Out of the Bubble podcast and become a patron and your name will be on the website. And I also have a VIP package, which is a little bit more, and that's £4 a month where you can, you will have one-to-one -one live Q&A sessions with me once a month and a monthly newsletter and keep you up to date with the, everything that's going on with Out of the Bubble. And it's something that I really want to grow. So thank you to those that have already subscribed already. And if it's something that you think you'd be interested in doing, I will leave the Patreon link on the notes at the end of this podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, um, subscribe and also leave reviews. Your words matter. Reviews on podcasts really help keep the ratings high so that more people get to come and find out and know about Out of the Bubble so that we can reach more women to hopefully inspire and motivate others. So after all that, take a deep breath and I'll be back next week. Keep being fabulous. Thank you for listening to this week's Out of the Bubble. And I hope it's left you feeling inspired. I'd love to hear from you. Who inspires you and why? And if you're listening via iTunes, don't forget you can leave feedback. In the meantime, keep being fabulous. <laughs>